This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. There is one simple tip to keep in mind when it comes to brand building. Know who you are and what your mission is. That's advice from the powerhouse brand builder and VP of brand experience for Fuel Raven, Jean-Marie Shields. As she explains it, when you have those core tenants down pat, the rest of your marketing can flow naturally. We're a 60 plus year old company and our whole mission is very simple. It's to inspire people to walk with nature. In marketing or branding mixes, you know, we use it for everything we do. Throughout her career, Jean-Marie has worked with some of the world's most well-known brands, from Nike to Lululemon, with a stop at Starbucks in between. And she's helped grow some of the world's most loyal customer bases through the power of storytelling and mission building. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Jean-Marie tells us those stories, and she delivers key insights on why branding and messaging is a two-way conversation between brands and consumers. Plus, she explains how Fiala Raven's ability to be flexible in its messaging paid off big in 2020, and she gives a look at what's ahead in 2021. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey, marketers, today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever, and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by a special guest, Jean-Marie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excited to have you on the show and talk about some amazing brands that you've worked for, uh, all of your thoughts on marketing and what is currently going on at Fjallraven. Super excited to get into it. How'd you get started in marketing? You know, um, I, I've never really intentionally worked in marketing. Um, in my mind, you know, marketing is really about selling and promoting and I've intentionally, you know, that's part of what I do. But I've really focused, you know, uh, most of my efforts and the brands that I worked with, you know, it's really been about branding. And so it's intentionally really attaching an experience uh, always in in marketing or any of the efforts, you know, across the company. Uh, So that's really been, you know, my focus, that engagement through the experience. How I got started is I my career really started at Nike, um, worked out of Portland and then out in the world with them. I started really in design and then it's really been, you know, stepping into design, moving over into product, moving over into branding, and then really, you know, uh, really focused on experiencing, uh, experiences following that. So my career really started at Nike. I started there in design. Uh, It was really grounded in an interest in people, consumers. I was naturally gifted. I had a lot of foresight since I was a young girl. And I, I was just gifted being creative. Um, so I really worked uh, in design there and then moved over into really product innovation uh, at Nike. And really out of design, I was just really interested to come closer, even closer to people and understanding and you know, unmet needs that people have. 
specifically, obviously at Nike, that was in athletes. Um, I was really inspired to, and in, in how Nike approached things. There was many times, you know, during my 13 years that I was at Nike where just that encouragement of new ideas uh, really spoke to me. If you could think it very often at Nike, could you do it? So I'd have ideas over the weekends at times that come into the week and I would mention, you know, I've been thinking about this, this thing we heard and I'm expanding this thought and, and people would just always encourage you to build out a plan and do what you were thinking about. Um, so for having that early in my career, it was just really, really useful. Um, I just learned so much uh, being around. I, I felt the teams that I was part of, they were just unusually very highly talented people. I also, I'd been an athlete my whole life uh, since I was growing up, uh, playing division two, you know, soccer and, and being really involved in sports my whole life and spending time out in nature with my family. Um, I grew up in Stockholm. And Nike really, I felt at home. I also thought Nike had a really interesting point of view to think about people. Their philosophy and stance was always, if you have a body, you're an athlete. And in that just was such a large entry point for story, storytelling, I thought, both in addressing needs that were spoken or unspoken, and then like sharing those stories out. Really what Nike taught me early in my career is just the importance of a story, you know? uncovering needs, addressing those needs, uh, solving for those needs, and then really bringing those stories to market. Um, and that really just moved me to become more interested in branding and, you know, the holistic perspective. I really also loved how Nike was, it's a revolutionary brand. It's consistently, you know, reinventing itself. Um, and at times, you know, we'd spend months at Nike, you know, trying to get their right weight of a shirt or a tennis sock. And um, that would be groundbreaking very often for people, uh, you know, being at their very best. So uh, the art was a lot in the details and in the larger stories, you know, being at Nike. So that was really the start of my career. And then I moved to Starbucks. And at Starbucks, as far as branding and marketing, I just learned a lot about the power of community. You know, this idea that the communities that the brand serves or the company serves is as important as, as the employees, you know, working inside of the company. I was fortunate enough to work very you know, closely with Howard Schultz. And I was really drawn in about this idea that he had of, you know, that Starbucks is not in the coffee business serving people. Starbucks is actually in the people business serving coffee. Um, that was just, I think at that time when I was with them, it was just a very different philosophy on a different approach, you know, to storytelling and marketing. I think up until that point, the messaging had been, we'll be pushing these stories towards you, uh, you know, from all brands that were in the marketplace. And Starbucks had this very different approach. It just really tries to connect with the people. And by doing that, you know, the outcome was sometimes that you sold coffee and, and sometimes you were just engaging in a conversation like you would in any coffee house. So that was just very, very different uh, for me. But it really taught me to put the humility at the center of the story. And so for me, that's just shaped a lot, uh, you know, what I do uh, now and, and have throughout my career. That whole idea of, you know, that the role of branding or marketing is really that uh, being an enabler of two-way conversations and that, that those type of conversations really matter. Um, Starbucks also was very, very different, you know, coming from Nike and, and going to Starbucks. Um, Starbucks is very, you know, evolutionary brand 
in how its innovations, you know, come across, uh, where Nike is very revolutionary. So I learned very different ways, you know, of storytelling in that. And that sometimes the subtleness of a message, uh, you know, it matters as much as, as, as a message being, you know, loud and, and, and very, you know, evolutionary in, in how it's shared. Also, Starbucks was just very close to market. And so that's a very different environment to work in as a storyteller. Uh, and also the outlets of over 16,000 stores when I was there. If, if we sometimes chose to do something, we could actually tell stories in three to five days, you know, executed across all the stores. That relevance that Starbucks has as a brand, and it used that at times, you know, uh, after you voted, you know, come in and, and grab a cup of coffee on us. Um, there was a lot of things we could reflect in the community. And that was just really inspirational for me early in my career, that, that ability to be flexible. And, you know, where Nike planned a lot of things very long term, very mm -hmm. often 36 to 48 months out, uh, Starbucks had that ability to be super flexible. Yeah. Um, after Starbucks, I went to Lulu and I actually went to Lulu to help them, you know, with um, crisis in uh, their transparent pant issue. And I was hired to help, you know, and take them through that transformation. I just learned a lot about um, how, how to tell a story and to tell the story successfully, especially when a brand is in crisis, you really need to enroll others in a new way. So telling does not work uh, very often when there's crisis and when you're needing to uh, motion a lot of people through a change. Uh, communication is extremely important and that people are allowed to participate in that change and that everybody feels, you know, that, that they have a place in that. So supporting staff in training, you know, things that I actioned in my role there overseeing the brand then was ensuring we had a quality guarantee in our stores going forward, you know, training people of how to communicate about the shift and the change in the products and behaviorally, you know, how we, how we address difficulties if people came in with pants, you know, that were see-through or products that didn't work. So that was just an amazing lesson for me, you know, early in my career. And that belief that employees have in your story, the story is just a story. If it's not told and owned, you know, that can really make a difference in, in, in how it affects things, you know, or for the employees and the user and I think for the market. Um, so that's really... I think been my three big stops, you know, in, in my career. And as you can tell, you know, I've been very fortunate, you know, to have worked for such amazing, you know, brands that I've always seen it as important, attaching an experience like to any marketing efforts that we've done. Well, so now, you know, being in charge of, of brand experience it is different from marketing, but it also, um, you know, as, as is the phrase kind of being popularized today is, is how, you know, um, your experience is, is the new brand, right? Like that, this is something you, you hear more often. There's a million websites right now that, that can do peer reviews that are, that are doing, um, all sorts of, uh, you know, websites that are, that are, you know, looking at whether it's Wirecutter or other places that are reviewing um, tools, technologies, products, everything. It really is like there's kind of nowhere to hide if you don't have a great experience. Um, can you talk about like what it means to build a great experience at Fjallraven? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, you know, having awareness of some of the, you know, things that you mentioned. It's having awareness of, of how the community and our surroundings are feeling. And then I think, 
that that provides a lot of relevance to us, you know, ongoing. And then that helps us appropriate the message too. Uh, we always want to meet people, you know, where they're at and ideally meet them where they're at and then exceed, you know, their expectations. So that really sets, you know, the standard of what, what people are talking about. You know, the, the way that we take that into consideration is just really ensuring that our message resonates, the timeliness of it, and then the channels, you know, that we engage in. I think humility is at the center of experiences. So that means the employee having awareness of the user uh, and then having awareness of the community surrounding that is like at the center or the heart of, you know, what brings an experience. And then, of course, it's grounded in a mission, which I'd love to talk more about. Uh, but the mission obviously grounds you in what way you'll be telling that story. And then yeah, I think, totally. you know, you know, per brands, obviously, you pull that across the channels that makes the best sense for you. I think for Fjellrev and, um, you know, we we rely a lot on the community. We have about um, 75 plus Fjellrev and guides that's attached to our um, brand. So they are people that are connected to nature in different variations. Sometimes they can be Bushmen, sometimes they are wood carvers, sometimes they're photographers, sometimes they're artists, sometimes they're just amazing, you know, above tree line hikers or trekkers. All of those people, you know, we take a lot of input from. Um, so we're really in two-way conversations with them. Our founder, Åke, you know, up in Önsköldsvik and, and the northern part of Sweden, he did that very early out. You know, he asked a lot of how the community was feeling. He asked the community to try the products and gave, give a lot of feedback. And then motion and action, you know, the things that came back. Um, so that community part is always in, in, you know, the starts with the people. And then we really turn into two-way conversations. And from those lessons, you know, we then appropriate, you know, what channels we pull the messages across. Uh, very often is ours uh, through experiences in stores having our guides or other invited guests, you know, talk on nature and different ways to be in nature. So we program a lot, you know, around our communities that we serve. We obviously also uh, partners with wholesalers. We partner you know, in our e-com space. And then, of course, we also pull it across our social and digital channels. I really view uh, social as, as a community. You know, it's, it's just a, an extension of the communities that we have in person you know, being online, uh, if there might be cities, communities that we're not in, I, I ideally want my team, you know, to really mirror that community feeling, you know, and have it be online. Because I think that there's some social, you know, communities that can be quite techy. And we definitely like want to bring that humility online as well. So that's, you know, really how we normally build an experience, you know, around our brand. Yeah. And so, you know, you do talked about the importance of of the mission and and how you market. This is something that you know we're seeing a ton of. Uh, the data pretty clearly shows that that the younger consumer is uh, more likely to go towards like mission driven companies, mm-hmm. um, uh, products with uh, with social good attached to it. Like, how important is is the mission? How do you put it into your marketing? I mean, we. I use it as the grounding for everything. I use it as a filter and a lens for is something on or off brand? Is this the right thing for us to be doing? Are these partnerships the right thing? And, you know, how can we best enable this mission, you know, in the day-to-day? So for me, at uh, Fjellreven and I think at all the other companies I've been at, that has been important. You know, when I interview for jobs too, I also interview for 
testing if people are truly, you know, engaged in the mission and if that's important to them. Like, because I think that's the one common element you have across any company, you know, and you, you can talk about that across different cultures and, you know, it's extremely important. And I think coming out of COVID, it's going to be even more important because the mission grounds you in uncertainty and it really provides, you know, a foundational insight into what the company has been about. You know, we're a 60 plus year old company and, you know, our whole mission is very simple. It's to inspire people to walk with nature. In marketing or branding mixes, you know, we use it for everything we do. So for me, like when you break it down, when there are new people joining or partnerships, you know, that we have, or when we tell our story, I kind of break down the mission. And I've done that at other brands too. I I think it's important to say, hey, it says, you know, our mission is inspire, you know, people to walk with nature. What does it mean to walk with nature? Like that's very simple, but it's also very insightful. It's a, we're a non-intrusive brand. We're an empathetic brand. When we tell our story, we really want to be engaging and meet people where they're at. So that means our messaging needs to embody those things. We're also saying, you know, we're not saying we're outdoor. Uh, We're actually saying, you know, we want to walk with nature. So nature's versus outdoor is also a differentiating point of view, you know, that we have as a, as a brand. Um, it's that filter we use. We don't think there's an in and outdoor as, as a brand. We believe nature is with you at all times. So when we're sitting here talking, you and I can enter nature at any time, right? That can be through an image we're looking at that reminds us of somewhere where we want to travel or simple meditation after a meeting where you need to restore yourself, any of those things. We're just saying nature is present. And I think that's a little bit of a Swedish belief too. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can always ground ourselves in that. Um, so that's also a very important, you know, point of view. Because how do we portray nature versus outdoor? You know, outdoor means you have to step through something to get out there, you know? So I think where some of the other uh, brands that are in our category, you know, they talk a lot about let's go outdoors. You know, we we that's not our stance. You know, we're we're a different brand. You know, we're with nature at all time. And then I, I, I think, you know, to our mission says inspire people. Sometimes missions that I have worked with before are a lot more specific. People, that to me says it's for all. You know, it's very inclusive. Maybe it's because, you know, we're coming from Sweden, which is a socialist brand and, a, you know, a socialist country and a more of a neutral country. But I think that inclusion and the humility is important in the visual message and in the actions, you know, that we take, you know, in the day to day, you know, if, if, if something feels off brand, we always go back to the mission and ground ourselves in that. And I think for the generations to come, you know, I think, and, and, and people that are younger now, I I think especially people that are in, you know, 15 to 25 or so mission of companies are extremely important and holding us to that standard and holding us accountable. So I think it's very important to embody it in the day-to-day. Well, and then your company has some initiatives like the Arctic Fox Initiative and, and, and others where you, you kind of walk the walk too, right? It's not just about, about talking about these things. Yeah, so um, Arctic Fox Initiative is one of the initiatives that I would say that really embodies our mission really well and then invites people you know, to join nature and we partner up uh, with nonprofit, you know, companies uh, or people to, you know, award the Arctic Fox, uh, Fox Initiative um, 
So the Arctic Fox Initiative, you know, obviously Fjallraven means Arctic Fox. So that's kind of where the, where the initiative, you know, comes from. The intent of the initiative is to preserve nature and wildlife. And we kind of fuel or fund that by um, uh, 1%, you know, of specific Fjallraven products. Uh, we do that mostly through the Konkan Art and our Konkan Rainbow programs. So that really gives back, you know, to our communities. We select uh, different nonprofits every year. Uh, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. You know, it depends on um, uh, who's submitting and, you know, who do we think is, uh, you know, best connected to preserving nature and wildlife at that time. An example, uh, you know, recently is uh, for, for our region is Power to Be. They're based up in Canada. They take uh, people that have physical barriers, can also be financial barriers or cognitive, you know, uh, things uh, and help those people get out into nature. Sometimes that could mean, you know, uh, adjusting or customizing uh, a wheelchair for somebody to be able to go out into nature. So that's somebody that we partner with. And I think that's very meaningful, uh, both in how the Arctic Fox Initiative gives back. It means a lot to our employees that we do those things. And I think everybody in our stores and in our communities love to be involved in a lot of those different efforts. And then I think it also, for us as a brand, really shows, you know, what we value. And those are also the stories that we share, you know. And very often with stories around power to be, obviously, there's an invitation there to help if you can, you know, with time most of the time. But then there's also us sharing stories, you know, uh, very often in in our live feeds um, and in our social and digital space and really ensuring that those people, you know, get exposure for all the the wonderful things, you know, that they do. So it's really trying to provide a venue for them to both be connected to our brand, but more than anything, share a light at all the wonderful things that they do, you know, as a company. I think Arctic Fox Initiative is a great example of how we we really live our mission. So for someone um, who maybe is unfamiliar with Fjallraven, for someone maybe in, in the U.S. who, who isn't uh, as, as familiar with the company or the brand, how do you think about kind of like reaching those people, uh, getting them engaged? Like, so for example, I've known about the company for a while, but, but uh, I, don't, I don't have any products yet. I'm, 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 I'm waiting. Uh, so maybe, maybe the time is now, but, um, <laughs> uh, but I don't, I haven't had anything yet. I know it's super high quality. Um, I know that it's amazing stuff and I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm aligned with the mission of the company. So what is, what is your process to, to get in front of, uh, people to, to make that initial jump, because especially in times of COVID, it's like, I can't just go to the store and, and, you know, try some stuff on and, and see what, you know, pair, pair of pants I want to get. Uh, it's just a little bit more tough. Yeah. I mean, COVID has been a real challenge, right? But it's for, for people coming into nature, it's also been the largest movement towards nature ever really started in uh, Q3 last year. So we've been really fortunate, you know, uh, being in that space. So I think with our existing users, you know, it's been really, they, they like had a lot more time in nature. So that's meeting their needs differently than, you know, where we've been before. So that's really targeted marketing efforts or storytelling efforts towards them. With the new people to nature, I think people being locked up last year, we really tried to meet them where they're at. I think in when COVID happened in March or so, you know, the first two to three months, it was quite scary. So we really tried to bring comfort 
And we, uh, through our email, through our social and digital, we really try to meet people where they were at. So uh, we offered a lot of preparing and planning for going out into nature when it's safe. And so we had uh, a lot of motion, a lot of Spotify lists of music that reminds you of nature, curated choicer of the best trails, you know, different ways that we could be of service to you and meet you and also acknowledge, look, when we're ready, we're going to go out and do all these things and trying to provide some hope and some comfort. Um, Then the other thing that we did was really focusing on on bringing comfort and inspiration. Um, So that was a lot, you know, viscerally um, and storytelling like really trying to get new new people, you know, to come into the brand. Uh, very often too, um, you know, in our Insta and in our Facebook, uh, we obviously, you know, have a lot more new users, you know, coming onto our brand. I think getting them then to sign up for emails and come into the brand is really how most people enter the brand. I think also um, our brand, a lot of new users uh, come to the brand through Konken which is our backpack, you know, that's uh, globally famous, but especially famous in North America. So a lot of, a lot of younger people come into the brand first. Um, they might be growing up. They might have been given that product, you know, from their parents. And then, you know, we then really try to nurture that relationship and move them up into their first field products. So we obviously do that, you know, if they sign up for email, you know, we we really try to transition them more comfortably into the brand. So that's some of the different ways that we, you know, top of funnel activities that we have as a brand. Do you have any favorite campaigns that you've ran over the past, um, uh, you know, year plus? Yeah. Um, I think the one that I just talked about is definitely a favorite of mine, you know, with Fjallraven and nature is waiting. So, you know, helping, welcoming people out into nature having them plan and prepare and comfort and inspire. Uh, so I think when, when we all came out of the lock, you know, being locked up and came out into nature again, obviously there's a lot of new things, you know, people don't uh, maybe know how to, how do you get the trash, you know, um, out of nature when you've been out there, what's the best boots or the best jacket or, uh, you know, what are the type of gear, you know, that uh, best could help me. I, I think, most people really, we saw, bought a lot of uh, stoves and tents and different things when COVID first happened. And then, you know, they used their existing clothes for that. And I think part of that was a lot of uncertainty. And then we've really experienced in the last months that most people then are started to, you know, really get committed, buying their first jacket, buying their first pants, um, maybe, you know, a hat, uh, different things, and like really starting to commit and I think by routine, you know, you create new rituals. And I think that that's what happened during COVID too. You know, people really got connected to nature and started to go outside a lot more. You know, part of that was probably feeling sane. I don't know how it was for you, but I know I needed to go out every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I'm, I, I spend, yeah, I would go, I would go camping every single weekend if I could. Uh, And during the, during the summer, especially I was, outside pretty much pretty much every single weekend yeah and i think you know i think i think we hear a lot that that's made a really big difference and then people just really got really attached to it you know and it doesn't cost much to go out in nature if you have access to nature if you're close you know i think during these times that was just really helpful for everybody we have seen that nature's waiting movements you know sometimes it's in their city and in their city park 
Sometimes it's just a trail, you know, away from someone's home. And sometimes it's being out one to three nights in nature just to escape or, or be away or be very present in nature. We've seen all types of varietals and I think we welcome all of them. And so we just, we try to meet, you know, somebody or say that somebody going for a walk in the inner city of New York in a park is as important as somebody, you know, being out for three nights. So I think all of those things have been good things, you know, in, in COVID times. So that nature's waiting has definitely been, I think, uh, a campaign, you know, um, that was mostly on our e-com site and then in our social and digital that really worked for us. We couldn't, you know, in our uh, 35 plus stores across North America, we did not feel comfortable hosting in-person events or experiences like we normally would. So we really invited people to go online, you know, with us until we could be together again. You you launched a campaign uh, with REI that I thought was really cool about a, a father and a daughter um, and told the story of passing down traditions. You know, definitely uh, it touched my heart as a uh, as a soon to be dad here. And oh. um, and as a uh, REI member, um, you know, one of my favorite places to go before I go outside on on a journey. How do you think about those type of of you know, partnerships and then specifically with a partnership with someone like REI? Yeah, I mean, REI is such a great partner. I think we were really, you know, we've been a partner with REI for quite some time. And then, you know, 2020, we we kind of deepened that partnership. It's interesting, right? <laughs> the year that we picked to like really do that is also the year when COVID happened, but it really allowed us to really get to know each other. I think the REI partnership too has always been grounded in that we know that our user base, that that's one of their favorite places to go. So uh, we're always grounded in what we know our user love and we want to lean into those things, of course. But we really expanded our storytelling, you know, uh, you know, to what you just shared, you know, and I'm, I'm a member too across digital and social and motion and e-com channels with them. Um, and then we really build that more of a permanent, you know, story in the stores. The conversations really started uh, with, you know, what is the goals of REI uh, and what are the goals of us and finding, you know, those uh, connective kind of overlaps of the two brands. And our story is really that of durability. And in talking with them, obviously, that's extremely important to them as well. So our long life, less waste message is really, you know, uh, what we ended up, you know, really partnering with them on. And the father and daughter spot that you saw and uh, sounded like you enjoyed, which makes me very happy, is really about products lasting a long time, long enough to actually be able to hand off to the next generation. And this is a real story. I mean, we see this all the time. I remember growing up and hiking with my grandmother and uh, the backpack that she had when I was a little girl still hangs in our countryside home in Stockholm. <laughs> it's pretty beaten up, but you know she doesn't want to hand in that backpack for anything. Wow! It's it's that mustard color backpack, and it's just stand you know stood the test of time. So this is a real story, and I think you know we were just leaning into that. The father and daughter story actually is a real dad and daughter that was cast, you know, in Pacific Northwest. Um, so we were really excited about that story as well. And it's really shows, you know, the passing of a dad passing on sharing experiences out in nature with his daughter and then like really handing that off and, and him offering, you know, her the jacket as she then was comfortable and felt safe enough to hike on her own, you know. 
Um, so that I think is a nice way to tell that durability story in, in an inviting way, you know, and I think something that's relatable. We also during COVID times really try to tell stories of hope. And um, I think that 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 did a pretty good job of that. So yeah, we're really excited and, you know, we're still building with REI and learning, but they're just an amazing partner and their team is really, really fun to work with. So really enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, we saw here in California, like the number of, of uh, like, I think it was like the number of fishing licenses sold this year was more than <laughs> yeah. any year in like 20 years or something like that. And just all sorts of stuff. I mean, like really people did spend a lot more time outdoors. Uh, yeah, park <laughs> passes. I mean, park passes has been hard to get a hold of, you know, like we saw in Sweden too, um, we sell stoves and things like that. And that was the number one gift item in, in Sweden, you know, this past Christmas. So it's, it's been an amazing momentum, you know, of, of people coming out of nature, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, we were, uh, we were spending a bunch of time, um, you know, outdoors and it was just so, it was so clear to see like how many people had new gear on, you know, <laughs> super bright, super bright tents and jackets and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's, uh, it's cool to see, but so, but as a marketer, you want to, you know, you want to capitalize on that stuff and you want to make sure that, that your brand is front and center. And I think the piece about durability too, is one that, um, and one of the reasons why I thought that ad was so, was so clever is because, um, you know, the young, the young person, you know, getting started on, you know, going camping or whatever, you know, going into nature probably, um, <laughs> probably didn't uh didn't necessarily uh you know buy the guest best gear or or think about those things but the father who wants to get the best things uh because they know you know it's something that I dealt with 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 my wife when we start first started going outside was just like getting the right gear and it's like it it takes that trip from going uh, from like, well, I'm just kind of cold all the time to, oh, I'm just actually comfortable all the time. This is great. And that stuff, like those, those human moments are so important to capture when it's so core to your, your product, like durability, uh, is for, for, for you all. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I have a teenage son myself, you know, like you, you want to buy, you know, these things that are going to be around a long, long time. I mean, you're able to do it when your children is younger, but then when they become teenagers, very often do they not want you to do those things. But it's interesting, I think, when you teach those things uh, with children or families, you know, when, when they're younger, they come back to that later, you know, when, when they want to be in choice and, and when they, you know, very often do they come back to the things that they grew up on, you know, like they'll do their own hikes and then they come back to the brand, you know, we see that very often. And so I think, we have to be patient sometimes too. And when, when they're needing to do their own thing and they come back to the brand, you know? So, I mean, we're fortunate enough to have Konkan, you know, cause that's very often the way that you first enter into our brand, you know, here, here in North America. So yeah, it's so nice to be able to teach, you know, while you're out in nature, also teach. I do think with gear though, it's a big investment. And so very often do people want to be out in nature a couple of times and you know how it goes, you know, with sports or nature or any of that, once you get addicted or once you have that natural pull in your body to go outside, that's normally when you start looking at gear and, you know, you're wanting to invest, you're, you're, you're testing things that might not be a best quality. And yep. when you, once you get into good quality products, 
um, it really becomes addictive, you know, and you don't need many things then you just need those few things, you know, that you can really rely on. I, I think when you, when you start to get serious too, and you're trekking or hiking, you know, beyond three, four hours, you're out in the wilderness and you're exposed and you really need the gear to work, you know, like, and you yeah. clearly know if it's not right. <laughs> but it, it is one of those things I remember. So when my wife and I first started, um, uh, I spent 10 years in, in the army. So I, needless to say, I did not spend a lot of time uh, camping during my free time um, yeah. <laughs> because uh, I did that for my job. And so um, when, when my wife and I started, um, you know, getting outdoors for the first time together when we started dating, you know, we had a budget, right? And we're like, okay, we can spend X amount of dollars. And I remember we went to REI and uh, we bought a, uh, we bought super nice sleeping pads. We bought super nice sleeping bags. Uh, and, uh, and then we bought a $30 tent from Target. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we're going to be warm, but if it rains, yeah. it's going to be a bad yeah. day. Um, yeah. uh, but, but I think that those are the, those are the things that I think consumers really, you know, when you're, when you're looking at something that's especially like a more expensive premium product, like there's a reason why, you know, there's a huge yeah. reason why that, that you pay for that. And, you know, it's kind of the, the old adage, buy once, cry once sort of a thing. If you're going to, if it's going to be part of what you do, you know, you're going to be more comfortable, you're going to be drier, you're going to be uh, uh, warmer or or, uh, or less hot, you know, like all that stuff super matters. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the best gear is the gear you don't even know you have on, you know, like I think yeah. great gear can remove the barriers of you being like the most intimate with nature, you know, so great gear you don't even think about. It's just there, you know, it serves its purpose and, you know, it allows you, you know, to like be at your very best, you know? So very often in language, you know, uh, uh, we try to capture that too. Fjallarmen by heart too, you know, we don't talk so much about tech, you know, like a lot mm -hmm. of the other brands that are in the outdoor space. We talk a lot more about, you know, the material, the, the function of the material and, you know, how, how things are designed, how they are cut and, you know, um, and then that we built them to last a long time, you know? So that's a, it's a little bit of a different storytelling, you know, in, in that space too. But I think what you described too is what we find with most users, you know, like if there's a checklist of seven things you're going to have when you go out into nature by who you are and what you most enjoy, that's how you will make the priorities of, of the type of, you know, your checklist for gear, you know, like you said, the tent was at target because you had these other things, you know, and I think that's most people's journey. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes, uh, on, uh, on the Fjall Raven website and, and figure <laughs> out what, what new pair of pants I need to get. Um, because there's always, uh, always another, pair. like I said, I haven't even tried it yet. So maybe that's, maybe that's on, uh, on my to-do list here. Well, um, we're, we're coming up closer to, uh, to the end of the episode here. I wanted to open open it up to you. Are, are there any other things that um, you know, kind of, you've seen uh, from your marketing career that that you'd like to share, or uh, or maybe uh, what's next for Phil Raven, or or some trends that you're excited about? I think, I mean, what we're really uh, focused on is, I think, some of the things I mentioned. You know, really building out our communities online as well as in person. I mean, we're really hoping there's going to be a back to school this year. It, there's a lot of indications <laughs> yep. of that you know, it most likely will be. Um, so I think 
obviously that's a big moment for us. So that we're definitely, you know, uh, focused on. I think the relationships, you know, that we've talked a little bit about those new relationships uh, with new people coming to nature really inspires us. Um, and I think, you know, this will be a substantial change. Uh, and I think for long term. So I think, you know, we're finding ways, we're learning more about them and, you know, what's what's most important to them and finding new channels, you know, to engage with them in. But I also think this last year just taught us a lot, you know, to be very flexible as a brand, but also be really grounded in who you are. Um, so when things get scary or uncomfortable, I think it's really important as a brand to like really be grounded in what your mission is and, you know, like make sure that uh, you always come back to that, you know, uh, with maybe a lot of new asks that are coming, you know, from the outside. I think that's extremely important. We're also, you know, we've been in the U.S. and we've been in Canada and we're opening up South America now. So we're also really excited to learn about that market. Um, it's obviously an abundant place for nature. So um, that's going to be really exciting, you know, uh, for us as a brand. So that's, I think, some of the things, you know, that we're really looking forward to as a brand. Um, we are obviously continuing on building out, you know, our durability, sustainability message. After COVID, I think we've also all kind of detoxed and uh, let go of a lot of things. And so I think that's it's very appropriate, you know, to try to really focus on fewer things and have them last a longer time. So those are some of the things, you know, that we're really excited about as a brand. All right, let's get into our lightning round segment. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Lightning round questions. Jean Marie, are you ready? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, what? Uh, what is one of your favorite places that you've visited in nature in the past year? I guess I would say, you know, um, the Olympic Peninsula um, outside of Seattle is the favorite place. Probably Lake Crescent is one of my favorite places to be in nature. If you weren't in marketing, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I might be a um, psychologist. Oh, really? That's a good mm -hmm. one. If you could interview one person on a podcast, who would it be? Maybe Mark Zuckerberg. I would be maybe interested in talking to him. He's been an interesting person, you know, and what he has brought, you know, and what his vision is of, of, of communities online. I would be super intrigued to talk to him for sure. I also like Bill Gates quite a bit. Like I probably I would be interested in talking to him too. What's your best advice for a first-time VP of brand experience? To be yourself. And I think, um, you know, when you, when you move maybe from a director to senior director role and come up into VP, uh, you have a lot, of, a lot of preconceived ideas of what it means to be a VP. And, you know, I think it's really up to each individual and in the company, you know, that you work in to really find your way. I think it's very important too that you believe in the mission of the company. So if you're at a company where you don't believe in the mission, uh, that could be really difficult, both in being yourself and being able to tell, you know, the best stories. There are times when I worked on brands when like I, I managed, you know, the Jordan business, you know, at Nike and I don't play basketball. I was really curious. And I, so I think if, if, 
if you're not using all the products um, or the services that the brand um, has, it's very important to be extremely curious about the users, you know, and, and really be an inquiry um, every day. And uh, I, think a, I think a good VP and a good marketeer knows how to convert insights and still be a great storyteller, you know, even if you're not using all the products yourself. So, and then I think um, it can get a little bit lonely being a VP sometimes. I think it's key that each person have networks around them, ideally outside of the category, maybe that they're operating in so that they can feel supported and have, you know, um, an influence of uh, ways to think about things differently. You know, I think sometimes if I only were to talk to people in the outdoor industry, I would just be very insular. You know, I think it's very important to intentionally uh, create networks outside of the area that, that you're working in. Jean Marie, that's it. That's all we got for today. Thanks so much for, for joining the show. Any, uh, any final thoughts, anything to plug? Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do. I'm honored to have been here. Yeah, it's great having you on the show. For our listeners, go check out fjallraven.com to learn more. Go uh, go grab a uh, backpack. They've been same iconic look since 1978. Pretty incredible stuff. So uh, everybody should go check that out. And Jean-Marie, thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration, 
and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.